0: What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like We have something going here. We're doing something special, and, you know, you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and, you know, I, I watched. that's the scene I watched the most growing up, because my dad was a Giants fan. So Once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant.
1: Welcome, everybody, to a special holiday edition of All In with Art Stapleton. A New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and the record. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and we have reached week 16 in the NFL. 2023 is one week from saying adios to the rest of us and bringing 2024 into the clear view. The New York Giants, 5-10, and ten, losers on Christmas to the Philadelphia Eagles. The game in the end was a lot closer than it looked like it would be at halftime. Giants make the move at quarterback. Tyrod Taylor finished the game in Philly, will be the starting quarterback against the Rams on Sunday at MetLife Stadium. Tommy DeVito to the sideline after six starts. He was the winning quarterback in three of them, and we'll break that down a little bit on today's show. I caught up with Tyrod Taylor for a quick interview as locker room was winding down on Thursday, and we'll get to that and Tyrod's story uh, in a couple minutes, but I think you have to look at the quarterback situation with the Giants now from two different perspectives, and the first one, let's go with the DeVito story because it's kind of been uh, talked about for really eight weeks now, six games. And where's Tommy Devito stand? Is he a future starter in this league? Is he a backup? As someone people, some have been saying, his 15 minutes of fame are up and he, he won't be even on the practice squad. All that stuff, I'm not really sure why. The reaction to Tommy DeVito is what it is. He was not a disaster as a quarterback with the Giants. He was actually quite the opposite for an undrafted rookie that up until Daniel Jones tearing his ACL, he had not gotten one snap with the first team in practice. He hadn't run the Giants offense in practice until November. And then to be able to go and win a game on the road in Washington to beat the Patriots at home and then to go on Monday Night Football and beat the Packers. You know, I get the competition. I get he didn't go out there and beat San Francisco and Dallas and Kansas City, even even though they're not playing well, and Baltimore but you win the games you play and really the blowback against Tommy DeVito is crazy, I ended up writing a column about how, you know, putting things in perspective with DeVito and the Tommy Cutlets phenomenon you could dislike the phenomenon, you could think it was a show and it was just created for whatever reason. This idea that you know the Giants made money off of Devito is ridiculous. If you know the finances of NFL football and how things work, and the idea that jersey sales—maybe they sold a thousand jerseys, five hundred jerseys of Tommy DeVito, which haven't really been in the games, the the. NFL shop, you gotta search for a Tommy DeVito jersey. Why do you think people wanted to buy the bootleg Tommy Cutlet shirts? Because you just can't get a Tommy DeVito jersey. They're not hanging on the rack in Dick's Sporting Goods. You have to specialize a jersey. And yeah, there were kids who wanted to be a part of the Tommy DeVito story. Hey, you could be like us grow up in North Jersey, be a long shot, go to Don Bosco, go to two colleges, be an undrafted rookie, get your opportunity and make the most of it. But this idea that now the Tommy Cutlets era is over and it's done with him and he's never going to play another down and all this stuff. The reality is he could be back out there as the quarterback this weekend. We've already seen Tyrod Taylor get hurt. Now, I'm certainly not wishing that against Tyrod Taylor. I hope Taylor goes out and plays well for himself. He's a good dude. This was never about Tommy DeVito versus Tyrod Taylor. And just the idea that there's a part of this fan base that Bought into this idea that the Giants weren't going to consider a quarterback for next year because Tommy DeVito was playing. It's, It's ridiculous. I wrote about the popularity and the price of fame last week. And this week, everyone wants to talk about the end of the Tommy Cutlets era. Tommy DeVito was given that nickname. I was in the locker room. Saquon Barkley called him Tommy Cutlets, and it's kind of funny because when Saquon was a rookie, Odell Beckham Jr. gave Saquon the nickname Saquads, and Saquon hated it. Now, Tommy DeVito did not come out and say he hated Tommy Cutlets, but in reality, I was there. A reporter asked Saquon Barkley about the nickname Tommy Cutlets because it was captured on the NFL Films Mic'd Up segment with Saquon against the Patriots. And Saquon was yelling Tommy Cutlets. And a reporter asked Saquon if Tommy liked the nickname. And I was there standing with Tommy DeVito when Saquon yelled across the locker room to DeVito and asked him if he was good with Tommy Cutlets. Now, what do you think... Tommy DeVito is going to do in that situation tell Saquon no so he said yeah if you're good with it I'll roll with it and that's how Tommy Cutlets happened and all of a sudden it started showing up on t-shirts, bootleg t-shirts, beer craft beer brewed locally in Jersey City Tommy DeVito had nothing to do with it, all of a sudden there was Tommy Cutlets beer that showed up in the Giants locker room you know, the hand gesture, the hand gesture that was suggested to Tommy by Phil Basario, an assistant athletic trainer with the Giants. It wasn't Tommy DeVito who said, hey, I'm going to start doing this and walk around doing it. He bought into it because everyone else was buying into it. And that's what happened. So this isn't about feeling sorry for Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito earned this opportunity. And to listen to some people over the last 72 hours or so, you almost think that Tommy DeVito won a contest that John and Steve Tisch put out there to generate buzz around the team that was 2-10 or 2-8 at the time. And the idea was, well, you know, they stuck with Tommy DeVito because it was a popularity contest and he was going to make money. Guess what? When Tommy DeVito got the nod over Tyrod Taylor, the tickets for the Monday Night Football game against Green Bay were already sold. They were either sold to Giants fans, who either kept them themselves, sold to other Giants fans, didn't use them, or sold them to Packers fans. Anyone who was in that building saw the green and gold in the lower bowl. There were cheese heads aplenty. At MetLife for the Monday night game. So this idea that Tommy DeVito generated ticket sales or jersey sales for the Giants is absurd. What Tommy DeVito did was he took advantage of an opportunity that should have never come. And it should have never come because Tommy DeVito is a developmental prospect. And you never expect Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor to suffer injuries that keep them out for an extended period of time. Let's not forget when Daniel Jones was out with his neck injury, Tyrod Taylor was the starter. Tommy DeVito was the backup. Tommy DeVito went out with the rib injury against the Jets, and Tommy DeVito got the jo- got the job to go into Dallas as the starter. When Tyrod Taylor came back, Tommy DeVito had won two games in a row. Yes. He had beaten Washington and New England. But he's still beat Washington and New England. So what's Brian Dable supposed to do? He's supposed to bench him after two wins and bring Tyrod Taylor off the bench after he's been out for five weeks, including the bye week? It wasn't going to happen. So they stuck with Tommy DeVito, and lo and behold, they won the game against Green Bay. So it was the right decision. DeVito made the tu- made that play on the touchdown pass to Isaiah Hodgins that was huge. DeVito made plays, don't forget, down the stretch to set up the field goal to win the game. So that's where we're at. The Giants have two games left in this season. They're going back to Tyrod Taylor. Tommy DeVito is now back to being the backup. And you can read more about this if you choose on NorthJersey.com. I wrote about it, uh, just kind of putting in perspective what DeVito was able to accomplish in the last two months. And I get it. Some of you don't like the story. Some of you are sick of it. Some of you want to focus on other things. And we'll get to other things. I promise. You know me. You know the show. We cover everything. And we will get to everything. And the other part of this Is the quarterback situation for 2024? And I wrote a column the other day, and all of a sudden, you know, I start getting reaction on social media. It's, ah, welcome to the club. We're glad to have you now. That it's quarterback or bust for the Giants. And what I wrote was that it's time for the Giants to get a new starting quarterback. And that became more clear. On Monday, watching that game against the Eagles. But nothing's changed since November 5th when Daniel Jones went out with his ACL. And that's the reality here. The reality is that the Giants are going to be in position to take a quarterback. They're right now fifth overall. Unless they go and they upset the Rams and then the Eagles in week 18, they are going to be no lower than five in the draft. I don't know who they would take at quarterback, but I do know that they can't afford to pass up on the idea of getting a game-changing quarterback that doesn't have to deal with the things that Daniel Jones has to deal with now in terms of neck injuries and an ACL and the fact that he did not live up to the expectations of his play this season. Yeah, I know circumstances played a part. And Andrew Thomas was not on the field. And Saquon Barkley was not on the field for certain games for Daniel Jones. But the reality is, back in the day, the Indianapolis Colts were in position to take Andrew Luck when they had Peyton Manning. And yes, Peyton had a neck injury. But we all know that Peyton came back and ended up winning a Super Bowl in Denver. And Indianapolis made the move, and they drafted Andrew Luck, and they cut Peyton Manning. And, you know, look, Daniel Jones is not Peyton Manning. Daniel Jones will be here in 2024. And if he's healthy, he'll have an opportunity to compete. But to me, it was the same as when he got hurt on the day he got hurt. And that the Giants cannot afford to pass up an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback. You win with franchise quarterbacks. You win with quarterbacks that can make plays in games that turn third and 20s into first downs. Did you see Jalen Hurts on Christmas? Jalen Hurts didn't play a great game against the Giants. But when there were plays to be made, he made the plays. Daniel Jones made a lot of those plays last year. He didn't this year. There was something concerning about the way he performed this year. It just wasn't the same. Yes, I understand the circumstances. The offensive line did not play well. But there were a lot of backup players on that offensive line. These things happen in the NFL. The reality is the Giants a year ago, if they had this season... Daniel Jones would not be here. They would have never signed Daniel Jones to the contract they signed him to because they would have been position they would have been in position to take a quarterback. And I believe Joe Shane and Brian Dable would have taken a quarterback last year, but it didn't happen. Because that's not how things work. Sometimes timing is everything. And with the Giants, the timing right now is going to put them in position To take a quarterback Now does that make next year's Quarterback room Look like a rookie Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito Yeah maybe Does Tommy DeVito do enough In the offseason To show that he can be a third quarterback On the roster Or do they look to deal Tommy DeVito at some point That's all questions for down the road The reality is Nothing that Tommy DeVito or Tyrod Taylor did over the last two months when Daniel Jones got hurt suggests to me that Joe Shane needs to consider other options at other positions because Giants are set at quarterback. Never once did I utter that, regardless of how many stories, regardless of how much we talked about Tommy DeVito. You can appreciate the story and also see the forest through the trees. I'd like to think that, for the most part, those who are independent thinkers and listen to this show or read my coverage on NorthJersey.com know where I'm coming from. So let's get to Tyrod. And I talked to Tyrod about uh, his journey and how much his experience comes up when he's talking to younger players, older players. You know, let's not forget, Tyrod was in Buffalo and was shipped out, paid the way for Josh Allen, was also in Cleveland, and ultimately left Cleveland for Baker Mayfield. And then he was in San Diego slash L.A. when the Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. And we know Tyrod having to leave the Chargers ultimately had a lot more to do with the injury and the mishap with the team doctor and the alleged malpractice when he had issues before the game, took a a shot for a rib injury, and ultimately uh, was just the worst-case scenario for Tyrod. Herbert ended up taking over, And then that was it with the Chargers. So I'm interested to see how Tyrod plays on Sunday. Maybe he gained a little relief in terms of now he can just let things fly. Let it go. When he took over for Daniel Jones, there was still a lot on the line. And, you know, maybe they were a little apprehensive. But, you know, Tyrod didn't play great against the Eagles, Missed a throw to Saquon. Missed a throw to Darren Waller that had he hit either one of those maybe the Giants do beat the Eagles. Made an unbelievable throw to Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton with incredible body control to control that pass, keep his feet in bounds and be able to stop on a dime and sprint to the end zone for a 69 yard touchdown. It was a great play both by Tyrod and by Darius Slayton so without further ado let me get to my uh, interview with Tyrod Taylor you know he talked on Wednesday so usually doesn't talk on a second day but he was graceful enough to talk to me for a couple minutes and here's what I got with Tyrod possibly too I typically only talk on Wednesday I know I appreciate it um when you talk your your career you've mentioned the idea of you know the ups and downs of this league. Yeah. Is there a time where you stop telling those stories that people want to keep asking you about well, what happened here or what happened there or what happened there and it just becomes part of the experience
0: and not necessarily something that you use to tell people your story? Um yeah, I mean, yeah, every time I get in sit down and talk, I mean, yeah, the reality of it is, yes, yes, I have been through a number of things, but that doesn't make me any different than anybody else in this locker room. Everyone's going through something, right? whether it's on the personal side or sure. in, in, their, in their career as well, too. Um, uh, yeah, so, but I also understand that sharing my story can give strength to someone else that's battling something, too, so I don't shy away from the reality of the situation either. If um, I embrace uh The journey, um, and just continue to keep pressing forward. How much can you gain from this experience this year? Yeah, I think I think I think having the right perspective uh, with anything that you go through um, is always something to gain from it. Um, And having a chance earlier this year uh, to come in and play, um, giving the team a spark, dealing with the injury. on the emotional side, I went through a lot of different emotions um, this year. Um, but at the end of the day, I stand here today and I have my health. And I still have uh, the same joy and the love for the game that I've always had and excited to be able to go out each and every day. Um, thankful for the opportunity to be able to, to, to go out and compete. And that's what I look forward to day in and day out. One more about that competition? When you sit down this week
1: and you know you're competing against that defense, and you start breaking down the film, and I know you always prepare to start a game, but you know you're starting this one. Um, what, are, what are the juices like? I would imagine the competitive juices get
0: going. Well, yeah, you, you try not a team like that for sure. Would you try not to uh, get too high on the emotional side or on the on the uh, yeah on the emotional side too early in the week? You um, we understand that it's a process that, that that takes you up to that game mentally and physically. Um, and do continue my routine. Um, obviously, this is a, a fast defense, a, a very good defense. Um, they create a lot of different uh, problems. But I'm excited to be able to go out there with this group of guys uh, that we have here in this locker room. Um, and compete at a high level. You know you you guys aren't going to the playoffs,
1: but when you have a team that's fighting for their playoff lives, is there extra motivation because of that, knowing what's at stake for them? Does that
0: raise the stakes for you guys? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's extra. I mean, any time you get a chance to to compete um, and they're keeping score, you want to win. That's why we all are here today, because we're competitive. uh, Not to use the word addiction, but we're kind of... Addicted to, to competing. Um, that's not technically the right word, but so I don't use that out of context. Um, but we all love to compete within this locker room. So they're keeping score. We want to win. Yes, we can shorten their chances or possibly knock those guys out of the playoffs. And yes, that's, they're coming in here um, into our home stadium, um, looking to get a win. Um, it's our job to go out there and protect our home um, and finish off the season on a strong note. Thanks, man. No problem. Thank you. you. Appreciate
1: it. All right. My thanks to Tyrod Taylor for joining me. You know, again, much appreciated. And it's going to be interesting on Sunday to see what the crowd looks like, uh, how the fans embrace this team at 5 and 10. The weather's not going to be terrible. So maybe more fans will come out to the game. knowing that there are only two games left in this season. Uh, But the Rams are a good team. The Rams have turned their season around. Five and one in their last six games. Matthew Stafford's playing at a very high level. This defense is playing well. And I think uh, they're going to give the Giants some problems. Giants need their defense to play well early on. Keep them in the game. Maybe Tyrod hits a couple big plays, and the Giants are close in the second half, gain some momentum from the fans that are on or in the building, and maybe they play spoiler a little bit, like I said to Tyrod. They'll be motivated for sure, but I'm not sure they can match the intensity of a team that is playing for the playoffs, and that's what the Rams are doing. So, appreciate you listening today. We'll be back for pre-game, game day podcast and postgame on Sunday night, New Year's Eve. So make sure you make time for all in, because we're all in with you and we appreciate you being all in as well. We'll catch up with you on Sunday.